Welcome to Going Deeper, a podcast series sponsored by Tabernacle Baptist Church in Richmond's historic fan district. This podcast is a supplement to Tabernacle's ongoing discernment dialogue, exploring what God has in store for the little church at Grove and Meadow, and also the Universal Church. We invite you to listen each week as we share thoughts, articles, questions, and ideas about our discernment process. As you feel led, we welcome you to respond by connecting with the pastoral staff, sharing your reflections in our communal journal, and accessing others' reflections in the journal. This week, Jackie Green talks to us about finding meaning in communal grief. Hello, Tabernacle family. My name is Reverend Jackie Green. I am a staff chaplain at Korean Clinic Roanoke Memorial Hospital here in Roanoke, Virginia. I have been a member of Tabernacle since 2018, and prior to joining the church, I was the pastoral intern and also served as a deacon. Today, I will be reflecting on the topic of communal grief. To date, in the United States, over 27 million people have contracted the coronavirus. Over 470,000 have died. I imagine that many of you have either had the virus or know someone who has. And sadly, many of us know someone who has died from complications with COVID-19. It may have been your family member or close friend or colleague. Last summer, my beloved Aunt Sherry went into cardiac arrest and died from the virus. And earlier this week, I sat with a patient as he watched the live stream of his daughter's funeral service. Very sad. So I believe herein lies the cause of our current season of communal grieving. It is a season of mourning, but it's also a season of finding meaning. Let me explain. I once heard a quote that stated, suffering is the greatest spiritual teacher. It is through suffering that one learns whether God exists, end quote. But as Christians, we have the witness of God throughout the scriptures. We have read about God's people learning how to navigate the complex emotions that accompanies loss and questioning where is God through it all. We are familiar with Job's story that tells of the unimaginable loss of his children, his livelihood, his property, and his health. We see King David mourning after the child he fathered with Bathsheba transitions to death. And in the Old Testament, it records Israel's laments as the nation faced oppression in Babylonian captivity. In response to coronavirus, we also have lots of questions and emotions. We are worried. Americans are worried about having basic necessities. Current news reports inform us that 15 million Americans are struggling to pay their rent or their mortgage. And additionally, one in seven households can't afford to pay for food. We see the long lines at the food banks, our churches and other community organizations that are trying to supply this need. And what's more, communities of color and people who live on tribal lands are suffering at greater proportions. We are worried about reopening schools safely. 
many people, many of you, in fact, are juggling the responsibility of childcare and homeschooling tasks along with working full time. And women, especially our single mothers, are bearing the brunt of this reality. Our students, they're worried about their grades and managing learning virtually while they are disconnected from their classrooms. And they're also disconnected from the normality of being young and carefree. We are worried about our older family members. Many of these adults live in nursing homes, assisted living facilities, or just live alone, like my 79-year-old mother. Our desire is to keep them safe, but it's at the expense of loneliness and isolation. Loneliness, that's another emotion of emotional impact of the coronavirus. God created us for human connection. We are mourning the loss of meeting face-to-face with our family and friends. We miss our social gatherings, our vacations and coffee dates, dinner dates, our card games, and teeing off with our golf buddies. This new way of life brings fatigue and discouragement, especially as we factor in the effects of racial, social, and political unrest. These significant changes The massive and traumatic losses have invoked a communal groaning, a mourning that some days sounds like the whimper of inconvenience and other days like the wail of a mother who has lost her child. I have been with many women as they have mourned the death of their child. And regardless of the circumstances of that child's death, the guttural cry is distinct and unlike any other sound. And yet, throughout the scriptures, God promises to comfort those who mourn. When we are worried, God tells us to cast our cares on God because God cares for us. When we are lonely, words from Isaiah 41.10 remind us not to fear or be dismayed because God is with us and offers us strength and stability. When we are tired and weary or wondering how to deal with economical changes, the Apostle Paul speaks of the wisdom that he learned. In Philippians 4 and 10, he says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. As I have reflected on these and other verses this past week, I was reminded that before I knew how to think theologically or exegete scriptures in context, I knew what my elders taught me, that there is power in God's word, period. When I don't know the right words or have the right thoughts about my life or a crisis in my life, I believe that the Holy Spirit is making intercessions for me and working things out for my good. And yet, when I see people experiencing deep grief, I know they long to understand the meaning behind their troubles, the same as I do. Finding meaning is one way that we grapple with change because friends, grief comes with change. 
Dr. Dan Bagby, who was the professor of pastoral care at Baptist Theological Seminary at Richmond, writes about grappling with reality brought on by sorrow. He wrote a book entitled Healing Our Hurts, Coping with Difficult Emotions. In that book, he writes that sorrow emerges when we lose a loved one or deal with a significant change, when we close dreams or chapters in our lives that have meant so much to us. He continues on to say that sorrow is an emotional awareness that we are processing something of value that has been, but no longer is. But here's a part that I want to emphasize from Dr. Bagby's book. He says that sorrow assists us in disengaging from the past and from realities that no longer are the way they were. I thought about Dr. Bagby's verb choice in that last line, that word assist. It means to help someone typically by doing a share of the work. And so the process of grief is playing a part in helping us transform in one way or another. Grief expert David Kessler affirms this idea. Kessler was a protege of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross who introduced us to the five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Kessler, however, theorizes that finding meaning is the sixth stage of grief. His book with the same title highlights how finding meaning after loss can transform grief into a more peaceful and a more hopeful experience. And so as I close, I wanna share an example about making meaning from a traumatic loss from an article written by Dr. Carrie Doring. Dr. Doring is a pastoral care theologian and an ordained minister in the Presbyterian Church. I use Dr. Doring's theory of pastoral care as a model for my own practice, which involves co-creating meaning from one's lived experience. Dr. Doring writes about searching for wholeness amidst traumatic grief. She writes about the role of a spiritual practice that she used after she faced a traumatic loss. And that loss was the suicidal death of her 27-year-old son, Alex. Listen to what she says. After Alex's death, I emerged, I'm sorry, after Alex's death, I immersed myself in listening to sacred choral works on death as soon as I woke each morning to the raw anguish of grief. Choral music has been a spiritual practice for me since singing in the choir in the third grade when I experienced through music a transfiguring sense of beauty that held me. She goes on to say, in recent years, I have realized that listening to choral music is a mind-altering spiritual practice that shifts me out of a habitual anxious orientation to stress and life in general into an orientation to myself and the world energized by love. And finally, she writes, listening to choral music after Alex died 
help me search for meanings in integrated ways that connected my physical and emotional grief with the meanings grief had for me, end quote. So as I conclude, friends, I wonder what meaning has for us. What is grief teaching us about who God is? What is God inviting us to see or hear from this experience? What is our communal grief teaching us about our response to grief? And how can it assist us into a new felt sense of spiritual wholeness? As you contemplate these questions, I also invite you to include a spiritual practice that will enable you to connect with God in an embodied way, you know, using your mind, your body, and your spirit. I invite you to think theological about the meaning of our collective grief and not just from a secular perspective. I believe God is calling us beyond a secular meaning, you know, such as the creative or the practical and the ingenious ways that we've learned to function as a response to the pandemic. Our virtual connections, our virtual worship engagements are an amazing byproduct of the pandemic. However, I believe there is a far more we can know as we go deeper and as we find, as Carrie Doring stated, the transfiguring sense of beauty that will hold us. I believe it will also reveal the purpose to our collective pain. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we sense you calling us into a new place in your love. God, we ask that you would place light on our path so that we can see you clearly. Help us have the courage to sit with our collective grief, knowing that you are using it for our good in ways that we could not imagine otherwise. We pray for your help and your healing over everyone who was suffering because of the pandemic and other injustices in this world. Let your will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Going Deeper. If you would like to engage or reflect on this week's episode, we encourage you to do so through the communal journal. You can access the reflections of others in the journal as well. Just click on the discernment section at tbcrichmond.org.